Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to uh, this next podcast uh, series here. We are super excited to uh, to welcome one of our former players that played here in the club for, uh, for a few years and uh, is now somewhere else, but I don't want to spill too much right now. But I'd like, before we move forward, to thank Wendy for her time and explaining what the college experience was like in the D3 system in the U.S., so thank you, Wendy. So today we're going to start um, a new uh, segment with uh, one a player who is now uh, in Italy, and his name is Malik uh, Owalabi Balu. But I'm sure he will correct that name for me because, uh, much like my last name, it it it, it is uh, special. So um, at this point, uh, Whitecaps London would uh, love to welcome. Malik, so Malik, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Abby. Yeah, so Malik, uh, tell us, pronounce your name properly for our, for our listeners. It is Malik Oelabi Bello. Beautiful. It's such a beautiful name. So, uh, Malik, um, thank you. Uh, you've got some exciting things happening in your young career at this time. And uh, um, for some of you that may not know, is Malik did play for the Whitecaps London Soccer Club from April 2016 to July 19 or 2019 and uh, is now currently and again I'll let Malik explain where he's at so um, Malik we're probably going to bounce around a bit here with some questions because again I'm so excited about tying it all together but hey tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you came from, how you got to Whitecaps London, and where you're at today. Just give us a little uh, synopsis of where you're at, and and I'll let you go for it. Okay. Um, So I came from England. I was born there and lived there for about 13 years. Uh, I moved to Canada in 2016. Originally, I had moved to uh, Mississauga. But after a couple of months, we decided to move to London, Ontario. And that's where it all began. I was at an elementary school called Sir Wilfred Jury. And a uh, sports teacher called Steve Hemming put me in, in touch with London Youth Whitecaps at the time. That was their name. And um, I came down for a training session. And after the session, the manager at the time, Jeff Cambridge, was interested in bringing me into the club. So from there, that's when my time started. It was on the back end of the U14 winter season, just before the beginning of the U14 summer season. So, yeah, from there, I'd say that's where it all began. I started playing with them and actually scored on my debut in the um, the pre-season cup. I forget the exact name of it. And then from there... We, I played the next season with the U15s where we went to the Ontario Cup Finals, won it and then went to Nationals and came fourth, unfortunately. The next year, I was then up with the U17s and then uh, that year, I tore my ACL so I did not get to complete the full season. The year after that, I was with the U17s again and this time, um, I got to play out majority of the season before being scouted by TFC and going to a trial with them. From there, I was fortunate enough to make it. 
and I signed with them in July of 2019. From there, I played there for a season before moving back to England this year in March 2020. And um, yeah, in the summer of, of this year, I was just training, played with a showcase, showcase academy called Onside in uh, London. And from there, I was scouted for Spal, went on trial and and here I am now, signed as a as a player with my first pro contract. Right, which I find an inc- incredible timeline when I was doing my homework here, uh, reviewing the documents that you provided me, and then also me Googling your name and, and seeing that you scored in your first match. Yeah. Right? Like you scored in your first pro match on, a, on being called up. Yeah? Yeah, it was with the U19 side, uh, also known right. as Primavera over here. Mm-hmm. Um, we played against Genoa away. And um, yeah, the, the whole build up to the match, I was nervous. I was scared because, you know, it's the first match in this type of environment playing against players that have already gone up to their club's respective first team or like are in the works to go up to the club's respective first team. So I was nervous, but... Yeah, the the cross came in, came off my head. The keeper rebounded it to me, and I just tapped it in. And then right. from there, the rest is history. Well, I mean, you score in your first debut as a youth with the club here in London, and then you score on your debut there. So it doesn't get, Malik, it doesn't get better than that, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Right. No, it does not. Um, so Malik, I mean, this is great. So we'll, we'll just shift. We'll go back a little bit in time here. And um, and again, if you're just joining us on our on our podcast here, we're we're speaking to Malik, um, who is a former player who is now in uh, playing in Spal uh, in Italy. And um, um, we'll talk a little bit about the food because you can't be in Italy, Malik, and us not talk about the food, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute, and you know that ties into one of my loves, right? So uh, so basically. When you were a kid, did you play soccer? Like, did you play soccer when you were in England before you came here? Um, I'd always loved like football. My fam, a lot of my family members were involved with football, so I was always around it from young. So I'd say around age four, I I like was always I, I became seriously interested in football and like was like yeah like I like it played for fun. But I'd say around mm-hmm. age age ten is when I first joined a competitive club. And I was playing a year up, so I'd say that in was, England. Yeah, in England, back in England. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say that was like important for my development. But at the time, I just took it as you know, I'm finally with a club. I'm just enjoying playing football, and mm-hmm. yeah, I played in a club in England for three years before moving to Canada. Right. I mean, I, I'm always curious because a couple of the um, guests that we that we are going with um, soon or some of the guests that uh, we've already spoken to uh, that are going to be featured on our podcast some didn't start playing till they were 13 or 14 and have had some really you know strong success right again not anywhere at the level that you've had but it's it fascinates me that a lot of kids begin at age five or age 10 or age five right and then kind of go from there but so Looking back, when you were in, uh, in London, like what brought you guys to London um, from England? Um, it was my mom, actually. Um, 
I really didn't at the time. Uh, you know, I was I was young, so I didn't really have as much of input in like big family decisions. Yeah. But um, of course, yeah, she she was interested in Canada, and me being young, I was just like, oh, you know what, like why not? It's right next to uh, at the time. I was naive and I was like, oh, it's right next to America, so it's probably the same. Like it'll be fun. So right. yeah, from there we just decided to do it, and uh, I enjoyed it, and I'm thankful that we did. Yeah, well, we're thankful that you did too. I mean, amazing story. Uh, your mother at this time, like your family, are they with you in Italy or where are they? So funny enough, um, whilst I was in England. I was starting to pick up interest from a couple clubs, so I stayed behind with my grandma. I stayed at my grandma's house, and my mum had moved to Italy before, so she moved with my little brothers beforehand. And then maybe a week later, Spal were like, "Yeah, we want to bring you down right away, like right now." So it was kind of like it was meant to be. But uh, yeah, right now they're in um, they're here in Italy, not here in at, in the city of Spal, not here in the city of Ferrara, sorry. But um, they right. are in Italy here, yeah. Well, what a cool story! I mean, your mother, she's got no fear of moving. Yeah. Right. Usually, uh, usually once you have a few kids, uh, you know, uh, most families, you know, recognize that impact and go well you know maybe we should wait till the kids are older i mean no let's just go right so so when we go back like is there anything about london that you miss is there is there a fun moment um you know a, a special uh, situation or or your friends like do you still communicate like what, what do you miss the most about london uh i wouldn't ontario canada and i should sorry london ontario canada i should actually throw that Canada piece in there. What do you miss the most about here? It'd be hard for me to pick one thing, but if I was to be honest, I miss everything about London. Um, it was where I spent like the vital years of my of my teenage life. So I made like a ton of lifelong relationships, memories. So yeah, I, I miss a lot about London. All the friends I made, the football I was playing there. I miss the school I went to. Everything was enjoyable. I'd say like it was, it was a very good time in my life. Not saying that other times were bad, but yeah, it was it was a very no, enjoyable no, time where yeah. um, I both got to continue doing what I love and also meet new people and you know make new memories. Right. So, at this time, um, what do you feel, Malik? Is your most like what are you sacrificing right now? You think because I see kids that are born uh, or that are your age at this time and and you know they're currently at our club or they're currently you know friends of mine I have, I have kids that are your age and um, like I think about when I'm doing the homework to discuss with you I'm thinking about wow look at your path you know with with with, with the sport that you love but like can you identify any sacrifices that you really had to make to get to where you are that you could share with us i'd say the biggest sacrifice that like i've went through and like people around me have told me they've went through is is the social aspect sacrificing a bit of your social life not being able to go to as many parties not being able to like go out all the time because you have training or or matches um also sometimes in my case um having to like 
adapt to a new social environment. For example, coming from Canada and England, where the main language is English, to moving to Italy, where、mm. people speak Italian, having to learn Italian, and then not being able to communicate as well with the common person yet, because you know you still have to learn Italian and still have to adapt to their culture. I'd say those are the biggest sacrifices、mm-hmm. that you have to make and adapt to.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean that that would be I, you know the one aspect I didn't pick up on or think about was you're right the language, the language changes in in where you're at right now, right? So,、um, at this moment, what what would you say is your proudest moment, Malik, as an athlete? Like your proudest. You know, you're spanning from when you were ten when you started to to where you're at today. I, I mean, I know the obvious would be scoring a goal in your debut for the U19 squad, but I mean, really, what's your proudest moment?、Um, I'd have to say, apart from scoring, the proudest moment would be signing my, my first professional contract. It's it's been something that both me and my family have been working for for a long, long time. So finally, being able to put that pen to paper and have that status is like a is like a sigh, like a breath of relief because you know all the hard work we've put in has paid off. Like all、mm-hmm. the work I put in on the pitch, like working hard, training, training, and all the work my family has put in where they've sacrificed, you know, free time to take me to the matches or to take me to training and things like that. So yeah, I'd say that's definitely my proudest、mm-hmm. moment. So at this time. What other sports did you play? Did you play any other sports growing up, or was like soccer just something that, or football that that you did,、uh, or was there any other sport that you enjoyed, played, whatever? When I came to Canada,、um, beforehand it was strictly football. But when I came to Canada, I'd say in grade nine and grade ten,、uh, I tried playing basketball and I tried playing American football, and、um, no, I enjoyed、no. both. And I'd say that. They, they did benefit me in some way for for football because you learn certain skills and certain things from those sports that you can then bring back to your main sport. But yeah, I only、mm-hmm. played it for the my junior years of high school just because once it gets to the senior year, it's a lot more physical, and you're not trying. I wasn't trying to risk、um, injuring myself and things like that. That's interesting. I know. Well, I guess football. American style football would would make you a little tougher, maybe. Yeah,、huh? <laughs> for sure did. But、uh, a little bit of shoulder、uh, advantage teaching.、Uh, but anyway, so let's shift in and let's ask about when you're being instructed, coached、uh, by so many. What is、um, what is the way to get to Malik? Like what 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 type of coach do you not necessarily prefer because I'm not looking for that, but I'm kind of looking for like what is it that makes you say I'm going to give all to this instructor, this coach? What what it, what are a couple things that just make you go, yeah, qualities that you want a coach to have?、Um, the main quality is is being able to relate with me on some sort of level, because.、Um, Not trying to say that like I don't respect a coach that doesn't relate with me, but when your when your coach has like some、right. level of relation with you or like some form of like a relationship or bond with you, it's like it, it's like you're willing to give your all for that person because you connect with him on that level, and、um, mm-hmm. 
yeah like that for all the coaches I've had so far I've been able to have that bond somewhere or another so it's made it easy for me to like you know communicate with them them to communicate with me and like me to trust in them right I'd also say mm-hmm. someone that's like you know strict and like on it brutally honest when they need to be because you know you can't you're not going to develop if someone's just telling you you're doing well when you're not if they're telling you if well, they're telling you the truth and then right. also helping you and telling you how to improve it, that that's that's one thing that I like really enjoy in a coach because then I'm like okay this person one can connect with me I trust in them and two they actually want to see me improve and get better and move on to the next level whatever that level may be mm-hmm. I think our listeners um will understand the next question uh, will be difficult for you uh, because and also the people that know you because you're a very uh, well-spoken young man and uh, uh, sometimes I think maybe you'll have a hard time answering this question but at the end of the day like I need you to brag about yourself Malik for a moment (laughs) tell me if I'm playing Malik you know and I'm you know picture us being in a UFC match and you got these two people or two boxers and we're doing a press conference and we're kind of staring each other down, right? Like, tell me what's one thing that I need that's your strongest asset? Like, brag about that. Like, what is your something that you feel you can do better than anybody that you're, that you're going to play against? Um, Because there's got to be some that you just feel that. Yeah. Or if it's a secret, you can maybe choose your second best, right? But, but tell me, brag about yourself a little bit. Tell me what, what's Malik like? Uh, signature. Abby, that Go. is a very, very tough question. Um, yeah, I'd say maybe my my work ethic is my is my strongest thing, in the sense that like mm-hmm. I'll do whatever I can to help my team win, whatever that may be, even if it like compromises my individual performance. I'll do whatever I can to help my team win. And I think that in the end of the day is, is what makes me me. Like I work hard after training, before training, during training, in the match, I'll give 125% just to make sure that, you know, we get the result and we win. Okay. And that was very uh, Malik, a politically correct response. And I, I, I love you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I would be able to break you and... You know, you tell me that your speed is incredible and that no one can really touch you once you've got that ball. But I'll tell everyone that. But okay, so, um, so at this point, um, we know that soccer impacts your life, your time, right? Um, but like, kind of like in a the the phrase is a Coles Notes moment. Like, tell us just kind of a Monday to Sunday routine. So you wake up, what time? You do what at what time? You're at the club at what time? You're eating at what time? And you're getting to bed at what time? Kind of give us a, a Monday to Sunday rollout of how many practices? Is there a match? I know uh, it's COVID times right now. So I, I get that piece too. But kind of give us a, 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 a kind of a quick synopsis of what a day in a life of Malik looks like. Okay. Um, on a Sunday, we have a day off. So... Uh, we have a free day on Sunday so normally I'll spend my time like sleeping in trying to catch up on sleep or like going to a pitch like locally just doing like small things like kick-ups maybe like a little home workout things like that Um, on a Monday 
I wake up around 8 a.m., 9 a.m., um, start my day off with a prayer, and then, um, funny enough, I actually don't always eat breakfast. Um, might have a, mm-hmm. It's a bit of a weird thing. I know that as an athlete, that's something I need to get better at, but um, yeah. Oh, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's honest. Many young athletes just eat a banana or small slice of toast yeah. or something. Yeah, but carry um, on. After yeah. that, I normally have Italian lessons around 10.30, and that goes on for about two hours, where like me and a bunch of other foreign players are like learning the language and like being taught by a specific tutor hired by the club, tutor hired by the club to teach us the language. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we normally have lunch. We go to the team restaurant and we eat lunch as a team there. Around this will normally be around like 1230. After that, we'll go nice. to the training ground and be there around 2.15, 2.30. And then we prepare for training. Some people go to get treatment. Some people go to the gym to do pre, pre-training stuff. Um, training normally starts around 3, 3.15. Um, and then we'll finish around like 5, 5.15. Um, after that, you know, everyone showers, gets ready to go home. We get home maybe about about six, six fifteen, because you know everyone's taking their time. And then um, from there, we wait for dinner. Dinner sometimes comes to us, or sometimes we go to the team restaurant. Right now, it comes to us because of uh, COVID, but we'll go to the team restaurant for around seven fifteen, seven twenty-five. Um, if not, it will come to us around 7.25, 7.30. And then we eat dinner and then we just have time to like relax up in our room. I'll normally go to bed at like 11, sometimes 12, depending on what time I have training the next day. But then... I'll, I'll, and Malik, I'll edit that so your coach thinks you're going okay. to bed by nine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, okay, but yeah, and go then, ahead, um, yes. <laughs> Fortunately enough, over here it goes U19, then first team. So some of us are lucky enough to be, you know, brought in and called into the first team training sessions and things like that. So um, if that happens, sometimes we'll train at uh, 10. So sometimes we'll leave the house around 9.15 to get to training for 9.30. And then we'll train 10, 10.30 and then come back. And uh, sometimes if we have, say, the U19s have a game, and like we're not being taken with the first team to their game we'll train with the U19 team in the afternoon and then yeah so sometimes we have double sessions sometimes single sessions it all depends really but yeah what a dream what a dream yes okay that's that I appreciate you sharing us that because it's for me it's always like during COVID times you, you know just explaining where and what you're doing is is very interesting so we'll just be heading now uh we're going to be finishing up shortly malik and again i'd like to thank you for for taking the time here i i do have a couple questions or one more question that um is 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 a signature question that i'm asking all our guests and that we're that we're hosting right uh, but before we do i i i got this rapid fire moment and i just want to um and, and again, I haven't shared with you what the rapid fire is about, but I'm just looking for a quick answer and we'll kind of finish up and then 
with the rapid fire and then we'll get into our last question and uh and then um you know we'll we'll, we'll say our thank yous and uh we'll, we'll go from there so you're ready yeah, for the ready. rapid fire oh okay favorite movie go <laughs> favorite okay you caught me off guard there okay favorite book um, diary of a wimpy kid okay favorite food chicken alfredo pasta favorite dessert uh, cheesecake okay so you have an option of these two things here and which one are you going to choose feta cheese or cheddar, cheddar cheese, cheese? Okay. So that's our rapid fire. I love catching people off guard with those. All right, so here we go. So basically, um Malik, thank you for taking the time and 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 I I hope you enjoyed this too and I I can't wait to share this podcast with uh with our club. Um we'll be going uh, live with it soon. Um again from a time period here um as we're recording this to probably hopefully by the end of uh November first week uh or first couple of weeks of December it'll be going live so um but before i say goodbye and before again i thank you so much for taking the time and i'm so thankful that your mother chose canada for a brief <laughs> moment in her in her, in her in her path of life um what is a takeaway right now something you could share with with players that are currently your age you can speak to them when you answer this or speak to 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 athletes that are like, you know, 13, 14 or or 8, right? What's something what's one thing that you've identified that you could share that would have success with any age bracket? I'd say the biggest thing for any age bracket would be to have an incredible amount of perseverance and an incredible amount of confidence. because um as I've like gone through the next levels and like progressed I've seen that the players that are making it to the top have an incredible amount of self confidence in their ability and themselves and they they've persevered through whatever hardship they've gone through some have gone through injuries some have gone through getting released by a club some have gone through not being at any club for a long time like me like myself and then they've made it to where they have and they've taken that opportunity because they're confident in themselves so i'd say that's the that's the biggest thing you have to be you know persevering persevering you have to be resilient you have to be confident in your ability so that when you do get that opportunity you're ready to take it and you can make the most of it and who knows what can happen one game can change your life well that that could have been uh, your response could have been more uh more beautiful than that and uh and uh thank you Malik for taking the time today um i look forward to uh and many of our viewers i'm sure will look you up where can they find you do you have social media um yes i have um twitter my twitter is malik belawu m a l i k b e l e w u and my instagram is malik.belew m a l i k . b e l e w u well that thank you and uh, and like i said i'm sure that uh, many of your former uh colleagues peers uh will be thrilled to hear you on our podcast and and uh 
I can't wait to see you're only 19. Am I correct? 18. 19 or 18? Where are you right now? 18. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see where you end up. And uh, I'm so thankful that your mother and, and your family came here for, I, I call this phrase, 15 minutes, <laughs> right? And, uh, and uh, again, I look forward to reconnecting with you and in, uh, in the future and seeing where you're at. And uh, thank you for doing Whitecaps London proud. And, uh, and uh, thank you for continuing to, to, to prove that, you know what, if you really want something, that word perseverance, I think we'll end it with that. So thank no, you so much. No problem. Um, before I go, I just want to say thank you to everyone at, at Whitecaps for everything they've done for me, whether it be players, directors, coaches, because without all of you guys' help, you know, I wouldn't have been able to progress the way I did. So I'm incredibly thankful for everyone at Whitecaps and uh, I just want to keep doing everyone there proud. Well, thank you, Malik. And you have a phenomenal holiday season there in Italy. And, uh, and uh, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.